0: And I kind of always wanted to have a sword, but they're they're really expensive. Okay. The thing is, if we get a sword for our wedding and then just make sure it stays in the family for generations, it eventually becomes an ancestral sword. Oh, absolutely, for <laughs> sure
1: now now the sword is it's it's also a Jewish sword somehow. yeah,
0: sure. Why not? <laughs> um. Are you planning
1: a Jewish or interfaith wedding? Are you lost on where to even begin planning the ceremony, let alone finding a rabbi to help you? Well, it doesn't matter whether one of you is Jewish or you're both Jewish, you deserve a guide. So take a deep breath. I promise it will all be okay. Welcome to Your Jewish Wedding with Rabbi Leanne. Here, I can be everyone's rabbi, (laughs) yours too. My guests and I will share everything we know to help make your Jewish or interfaith wedding full of tradition and perfectly yours. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to your Jewish wedding podcast with Rabbi Leanne. It's me. And I am here with Abby, who I feel so fortunate got back to me of all things on a Reddit post and is planning a Jewish wedding. Welcome, Abby. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So uh, you told me that you responded to my post. I said, Is anybody planning a Jewish wedding or anybody thinking about having one or did have one and wants to tell me about it? And you just started planning yours. And you were like, sure. So I love that perspective.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I'm not super active on social media, but I I do check Reddit a lot. um, (laughs) And I like going on podcasts. Um, Have you been on many
1: podcasts?
0: Um, yeah, actually at this point I've been on a few, I have a YouTube channel about political psychology and I, I like to talk about stuff to do with that on podcasts, but this mostly won't be about that. Um, <laughs> <Mostly>. yeah, but, <laughs> everything's
1: um, about that to a degree,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. To a degree. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I really like going on podcasts. It's fun. I get to talk and I don't have to write a script like I do for my videos. <laughs> and I do genuinely
1: feel like we're just having a chat and I think yeah. that's so nice because we didn't have to like schlep ourselves to a coffee shop or whatever. We're just, yeah. you know, <laughs> we're just sharing about ourselves, which is, which is really cool. So yeah. can you tell me a little bit about you and your
0: fiance, whatever you want to about your relationship? Yeah. So all that? the inter- interesting thing is we're actually already married um, yeah. because basically, so I can't go into that much detail about this necessarily but basically we're in a situation where if we're from two different countries and we knew okay we want to get married and then you want to do the legal bit as soon as you decide you want to get married um if you're from two different countries because you Mm -hmm. have to start the immigration process and everything Mm -hmm. um but please if an immigration um uh, officer is listening to this. It is a real wedding. We are really married. This is us planning a ceremony that we are doing in front friend of our, in front of our friends and family. That we are calling a wedding to make things uncomplicated for people because, from the perspective of guests, it basically will be. Um, Listen, but, that's a very Jewy thing to do. We've the traditionally
1: the ceremony has been in lots of pieces and yeah. it, it, in over time. And I also want to say that. Um, maybe we'll talk about a ketubah later on, but the essence of a ketubah is promising to do whatever you have to do to take care of one another, like materially. And so I feel like it's very in the spirit to, you know, say like, what can we do now to
0: like, make sure that we're taking care of each other. And that's what you've done. Oh, definitely. I mean, because, so my hesitation, um, to, to get married when I did, and I got married about a year and a half ago, I'm almost 26 now. And I was twenty four then. Um, which at least on my, in my family is a little bit on the younger side for getting married. Um, and I was like, um, and when we got married, I was even like, I was between jobs. I'm, I'm doing much better, like professionally now. Um, and we were, and I was like, like, of don't want to get married until we're a position to be like financially stable. And then I was like, oh, with the visa situation, we're never going to be financially stable in the same country <laughs> unless we get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, and I was like. I never want to be separated from this person for a long period of time about, about my now husband. So I was like, yeah, let's get married. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That is so simple and so real. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't some big dramatic proposal or anything. It was just like realizing like, I can't bear the thought of being separated from you for possibly (sighs) years at a time. (laughs) And so you did what you had
1: to do, which I assume turned out to be a pretty easy decision.
0: Yeah. No, it was a pretty easy decision. Um, yeah. Um, the actual process of getting married was was pretty easy, other than that the lady at the marriage office was mean to me about my handwriting. Um, <gasps> annoying. And lots of stuff with that. And, like, I have dyslexia, so, like, <laughs> like... Oh, no. Yeah, like, my handwriting is bad, but it's not because I'm not trying. <laughs> <laughs> you would think um, that she would know...
1: <laughs> Not yeah, to... and
0: it's, like, it's like you're a government official. I feel like you should be understanding about people's disabilities. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. When I went to, I'm, I'm in the state of Ohio. And when yeah. I went to uh, register to be an officiant, it's a pretty intense process in Ohio. Yeah. And you have to bring your ordination certificate or proof that you're whatever. So I went in with my giant diploma. And I had at the time, two little boys and I had like purple hair and I had just gotten my nose pierced. And I went in and I was like, I'm a rabbi and I'm here to register whatever. And you know, again, I'm a rabbi. And the lady behind the desk was like, looked at me and she was like, are you?
0: (laughs) I'm like, wow,
1: that's awful. Come on, man. Like what is, is this like the judgy headquarters of the United States here at these offices? And I guess you need these people. so."
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's to. really easy to um get uh to be able to perform mission, uh marriages in Illinois. You can do the like getting ordained online thing.
1: You can in Ohio too, but then you've got to bring like all the paperwork and prove that you did it and and like in person. It's pretty intense. Um Yeah, so, it's way less
0: intense here for that. In most states, in most states yeah. they're
1: like, "Hey, if you say you're a minister, well we believe you." Um but
0: yeah. yeah honestly, I, Like most of what seems to be the legal bit takes place with the marriage license too. I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah. and just somebody to sign it.
0: You know, my husband and I got married when I was 22 and he was 24.
1: And of course everybody thought we were crazy. Yeah. We got along so well. And, you know, I had that same feeling as you, like, I don't want to be separated from him. And I have to say only paying one rent just also on that level seemed like a really good idea. Oh my
0: God. Yeah. No, as a young person, it is so much better to be sharing a one bedroom apartment financially. Right. Like that's, that's not a reason to get married, but it it is a bonus <laughs> like,
1: <look laughs> about financial stability. It's like all this conversation. And, and then why are we anyway? So, well, it, I'm I happy
0: for on my health insurance too, which is a huge savings. <laughs> I have
1: done at least one other ceremony for a couple who had already been married for health insurance reasons
0: yeah yeah so basically we we got married and then we were like okay we're very happy being married but like we do actually want to have a thing that friends and family can come to but we knew that we wanted to like be able to spend a long time planning that because so i'm from the us specifically the east coast and we live in chicago and my husband's family is from england um and we both went to college in scotland so we've got friends from all over the world so like we sent out save the dates like 10 or 11 months before the wedding because we're like we're like we want people to know you know exactly where and when it's going to be because they'll have to buy expensive plane tickets and take time off and all this sort of stuff so we wanted to give people a lot of advance warning and we also were like well, the the legal pressure is off. The financial pressure is off. We just, you know, want to want to do it. So we took a, a while um, planning things and finding a venue and everything. Um, I was really picky about venues. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> were you? What was your What was that priority? Like, what were well, your venue priorities? So basically. Uh, so it's a couple things. I'm not a snob about many things in life, but like the two things in my life that I am the most snobby about are like design, including interior design and food.
1: (laughs) You know what? That's your like immediate space. Zagazent. all the, all the power to you.
0: Yeah. Um, and so Oh, and then the other thing which was surprisingly weird and difficult is that a lot of the places we looked at, because we know we wanted good food, were restaurants. And they were like, oh, yeah, we can accommodate your guest count, which is about 100, but not if you have dancing. And I'm like, we have to have dancing. <laughs> and that was important
1: to you. See, it's, yeah. I've heard
0: of people who it's not
1: important to you. I can't imagine why they would have a venue and say something like, no dancing.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, no, we, we have to have dancing. Um, of course. And then- And then the other thing is that a lot of the venues have these like particle board ceilings where I don't know if it's particle board, like the the ones that make you feel like you're in a school or a hospital or an Uh office building, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. And I was just like, I was just like. I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, no amount of draping is going to help with this. Right. Exactly. Um, my mom and my grandmother were so good about this. They were like, no, choose a really nice venue because then it won't need a lot of enhancements. <laughs> smart, smart, yeah. smart.
1: So what, but, so you were like, we want a celebration that all our family and friends can come to. What made you decide that you also wanted a ceremony? Because I feel like you could yeah. totally do a party without a ceremony.
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think it for us it it felt like we wanted to have a ceremony as part of it, I guess. Okay. Um it just sort of I don't know, it it felt like it needed to be part of it. Like I understand that a lot of people will just have like a, a wedding like a party. Right. But I there were a lot of people who weren't like even our parents weren't there when we got actually married. Um, and the thing that's that's really tough is, so the only people who were there were some people we were friends with at the time, but we had just moved to Chicago and we hadn't made a lot of close friends yet. And we're not really close with any of those people anymore, including the friend who got ordained and married us. Oh, um, so tricky. we're very happy with our marriage, but we're not like necessarily that happy with our wedding. I mean, I will remember forever our vows and all that, but like, oh, but there, there wasn't really like, anyone who we love there you know
1: yeah well and somebody in your field I think you're always thinking about how much you know about the power of moments that are crafted for a certain purpose with the symbolism and it's you know there's a there's a certain passage you go through when you have that ceremony that you really can't mirror anywhere else if it's important to you
0: oh yeah no I totally get that like I'm uh I think I had a particular perspective on this because I'm like I'm a very progressive person, but I also think that there is value in, you know, tradition and continuing patterns in, in life. Right. Um, you know, and having some of the same, you know, demarcations in your life that your, um, you know, parents or grandparents had and and celebrating holidays and that kind of thing. Cause I think it, you know, it gives you connection to the people around you. Right.
1: That is so beautifully put, especially the way you said, like repeating patterns. I haven't thought of it in exactly that way before. And it's so it's such a helpful way to structure it because it doesn't put a necessarily like belief onto it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think it's also nice because it makes you feel like less alone in your experiences in life, you know? Yeah. Um, um, so I think that that was really the thing. Um And it's funny, I was like, definitely not one of those people who ever thought in terms of like my dream wedding or anything when I was Mm -hmm. a kid, or even really when I was like a teenager or a young adult, um, I was like such not a romantic until I met my husband. Um, yeah, no, he's so much more of a romantic than I am. Um, so we, we had a lot of conversations about it and we realized it was something that we both wanted, um, It was, we decided to have a ceremony before we decided to have a Jewish ceremony. Okay. Um, That was going to be my next question. Yeah. We we knew that there were certain elements of Jewish tradition we wanted. So my husband's um, not Jewish. He's like loosely Anglican. Neither of us are very religious, but he grew up Mm -hmm. going to church sometimes with his grandmother. He likes the hymns, that kind of. thing. Right. Yeah. 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 um, And I have a sort of similar experience with with Judaism there. Um, But I think there was a bit where I was a little bit more attached to certain Jewish, specifically Jewish wedding traditions than he was attached to like, specifically anglican wedding traditions because there didn't seem to be that many of them that he was like even aware of because he hasn't been to that many weddings and also i think that jewish weddings are you know there's a lot of very specifically jewish rituals in a way that i haven't been to an anglican wedding and i don't want to be insensitive but that there don't seem to be necessarily as much Um, right
1: well like american culture is sort of based on like non-Catholic Christian wedding traditions. Yeah. And so anything that goes on in, like, a church setting probably is something that we kind of took from there. So it seems kind of generic, whereas, like, the Jewish traditions are very coded, like, very yeah. visibly Jewish.
0: Yeah. And so I was like, um, I was like, I want to have a chuppah. Um I want somebody to step on a glass. Um, and I want to dance the hora at our reception. Like, that. That's that so- was... Yeah, those
1: are are by far the three most common ones I hear for like- Yeah, yeah.
0: And so we were considering though, I mean, you can still do that if you're getting married by like a justice of the peace, right?
1: Absolutely, yes. But that
0: did seem a little weird because we were already legally married. Um, No, I see. So there's no reason to get a legal authority involved. Right, Um, so you wanted there to be a differentiation even with the officiant.
1: like So it would have to be somebody who was not- like the ship captain who could do it for anyone
0: anytime yeah yeah although i mean yeah i think that that that's sort of part of it and then the thing that i think hit for us isn't isn't that we wanted a rabbi to do it it's that there's a specific person who we wanted to do it because um so unfortunately right after we got married like a couple weeks after my grandfather passed away
1: oh no um,
0: And we were very close. I was very close with my grandfather and he and my grandmother just had like the most beautiful love story and just completely in love to the end. Oh, you're Um, breaking my heart. He had he had a very good life. He lived to be like 85. um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, but and that was really tough. But um at the funeral, I met my grandmother's rabbi who gave just this beautiful eulogy for my grandfather and who, you know, had really gotten to know my grandmother and through, you know, what was a really tough set of circumstances did get to know my family. And, and Joseph was there at, at my grandfather's funeral. It was, it was strange because it was the first time that, we had seen any of my family as a married couple. And it was my grandfather's funeral. So there was a lot of um mazel tov, also condolences. <laughs> right, right.
1: That uh, the full circle sort of feeling that, that yeah, it get. was
0: it was it was really strange. Um I mean, it was good that my grandfather and my husband did get to meet before my grandfather passed. Thank um, God. Yeah. No, thank God. I mean, it was, it was tough though, because my grandfather, he had Parkinson's, so he wasn't totally, okay. I mean, he was, he was mostly mentally there at the end, but he would drift off. And he was always someone who like, he really loved to play tennis and go swimming and go for bike rides. And he couldn't really do that at the end. He could almost right until the end, like he was doing that probably until he was like 80, but not, not at the very end. Um. Anyway, but um, the, the rabbi, my, my grandmother's rabbi, she's really, really good. And so we were like, I asked my grandmother, oh, do you think she would do it? Um, and she said she would, and she's been really nice through the whole process, um, and has been really nice about, um, she's, she's a, you know, she's a progressive rabbi but my grandmother is more religious than I am which isn't tough because I'm really not very religious
1: um so the rabbi did a eulogy and you liked the eulogy and you immediately were like well this should translate pretty well to a wedding also well
0: I mean not immediately no my immediate thing was like that I was crying because it was beautiful and sad and my grandfather was dead um (laughs) right but she I assume she
1: did the thing where she um she helped you see him as you remembered him, like in his best yeah. possible moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although that wasn't tough. He was a he was an uncomplicatedly good man. Um, um. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've been to the funerals for complicated people and those seem tougher to do. Um <laughs> Sure. But, you know, I think what rabbis don't
1: tell, don't talk about often is that pretty much no matter what life cycle event you're working on, whether it's a baby naming or a bat mitzvah or a wedding or a funeral, it's all kind of the same gig, you know, because you're learning about that person and reminding everybody why they care (laughs) about that person. No,
0: I mean, it was also good because my, uh, because the rabbi knew my grandfather, um, Which was, which was good. And it was also, it was also nice that like, we don't know this rabbi super well, but the, you know, she wasn't just meeting us for stuff to do with the wedding.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And so, yeah, so you have that connection and that's really Yeah, we had
0: that connection, I think was, was important to us. Um, Do you think you would have sought a rabbi if you hadn't sort of run into her? Maybe, I don't know. I think before I had the idea of her, and actually we were looking pretty seriously like for other officiant options. Before I was like, maybe we should just have her do it. I think we were mostly looking at people who do like explicitly interfaith ceremonies mm-hmm. and um like justices of the peace. Right. Um because we also wanted to make sure that like the rabbi we were working with would be able to um incorporate like um uh, Joseph wants uh, some hymns because that's like what he, you know, has oh. from his tradition. And he's like, yeah, we'll just do old Testament ones. Those will be mostly <laughs> universal to everyone there. Uh, not quite everyone. I think there's some people who aren't um, from Abrahamic religions at all, but um, <laughs> you know, most of the family. Um, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, that's awesome. We just need to, you know, find a, um, a rabbi who's chill with that um and and the rabbi um my my grandmother's rabbi is of course completely fine with that which is nice did um, you ask
1: her that explicitly
0: yeah we did ask her that explicitly
1: did, was it like a nervous thing it for you a to ask her
0: bit, yeah no i mean it was a little bit nerve nerve-wracking um yeah i mean this is it wasn't as nerve-wracking because we were like because we knew we definitely wanted this element and we knew that if she said no to it, it wouldn't like, we wouldn't have a big rift. It would just be like, okay, you're not our officiant.
1: Um, Such a wonderful attitude.
0: Yeah. What was a little bit more nerve wracking is actually the conversation we had with her two days ago, which actually went fine. And she was great about everything, but she had sent us over um, like the ceremony and the the set of um, prayers and sayings and all those sorts of things. And um, there were two things, sort of big things that we wanted her to modify a little bit, both of which were a little tough, w- both of which I thought might be a little tough to talk about. But she was both she was actually super chill about all of it. Um, the first one was that we wanted it to be a little bit less religious and a little bit less God as creator. Mm hmm. Um, like we're still having, um, some mentions of God and blessings and stuff in there, but a little bit less religious than the thing she had originally sent us. Yep. Um, and then the other one is there were a lot of instances, not like a ton, but there were a fair amount of instances within the ceremony where, uh, the word Israel is refer is used to refer to like basically the Jewish people. Right. Um, And like, I understand that, um, my husband understands that because we've had like conversations about it and everything, but, um, I didn't want anyone to have any confusion about any connection to the modern state of Israel.
1: Yeah. And you don't want to have to go into like a Bible study to explain to people why that (laughs) word is used, right? Like you don't have time for that. That's not the point. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. Um and also there was a bit where it was in the the vows a little bit and I was like okay well let's not have that necessarily in the vows because my husband's like oh, yeah. um and he's not converting. I don't want him to convert or anything. Um so so how did you work that? Are you neither of you saying the traditional Vows. Um. They the rabbi modified them like very lightly to basically make it so that it's like within keeping of like I think Jewish tradition and the laws of Moses and Miriam. I think is the
1: cool. Word. Oh wow, she's cool.
0: Oh, I have she's to really t- Cool. <laughs> I have to tell you, like we went to
1: rabbinical school for at least five years. We have. Thousands of times more Hebrew skills than most of the time we will ever, ever use. Yeah. So if anybody's scared of asking their rabbi to modify a prayer and like afraid that she won't be willing to do it or won't be able to do it, she will probably be absolutely psyched that anybody even knew that was a possibility. So well done, yeah. you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And we're just doing our vows. Uh, we're having a bit of Hebrew, but we are just doing our vows in English because okay. neither of us speak Hebrew. And right. it's very important to us that we be able to completely understand what we're saying for our vows.
1: Yeah. And it's it's very nice that she gave you that option, you know, because I've had couples who it's really important to them to say it in Hebrew and feel weird saying it in English. And so yeah. just for a rabbi who recognizes that you might have you know, you might want to say one, but not the other. Like she sounds very attentive.
0: Yeah. She's, she's been really good about all that stuff. It's been, it's been so lovely. Um, Wow. Yeah.
1: Awesome. So she sent you the ceremony first and had you look over it?
0: Yeah. um, We had an initial meeting um, and then she sent us the ceremony and we looked it over and then we had another meeting
1: cool so what were there any i know that you said that there were some must haves at the beginning like you said that you wanted a chuppah and you wanted to smash the glass and you wanted to dance the hora yeah in in terms of like you knew you wanted a jewish ceremony because uh certain parts were important to you were any of the prayers or anything popping out to you as also something that you re- found you really wanted
0: um not necessarily like a ton um okay. there's I mean, there are definitely, there are some of them that I've seen like in the stuff she sent me where I'm like, I didn't think of that, but I'm glad we're having it. Um, I think there's like a, the seven blessings mm-hmm. one that's really beautiful. Um, and then there's one at the very end, a- I think it's like a bless you and keep you one. Yes. Basically. Um, and that one's, it's just sweet. I think it's, I think it's nice and it's nice to have that. Um, it's sweet. And
1: anybody who grew up going to church at all, I believe that's part of the doxology, like the. Yeah. Ending for, for, yeah. For I was church. also
0: like. I was also like, that one's great because it'll also make my, my husband's more observantly Christian grandmother very happy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: Jews obviously don't know that, but, um, for Christians, that that prayer, you know, it can activate that memory of like feeling holy or feeling, you know, like you've been blessed in some way. So I love that, especially for interfaith weddings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that that was, so, yeah, I think, so I'm happy with I think the prayers and stuff that we're going to have, but prayers weren't really a must have for me.
1: Mhm. Um was there anything that you hadn't considered doing before you spoke with your rabbi and and she not I don't want to say convinced you, but like she shared something with you that now made you want to be like, "Oh, definitely we're doing that."
0: Yeah, I mean uh I hadn't thought of the bit where you um Take a drink out of a cup. I can't remember what that is the, the kiddish, yeah, kiddish, yeah, yeah. Um, I hadn't really thought of that necessarily as like part of the ceremony, um, but when she mentioned it, I was like, yeah, sure that that seems nice. And she was like. Um, and you can incorporate one or two special cups from your families.
1: Oh, and she she's amazing. Like, Good.
0: And she was even like, and yeah, let's see if we can maybe get one from Joseph's family for this yes. one. It doesn't have to be like a specifically Jewish thing. Um, and I was like, that is so nice.
1: So nice. This is something <laughs> that Christians by and large don't really understand, but Jews, we like our stuff. Like we have so much stuff, right? There's, you know, kiddish cups, menorahs, like whatever. And yeah. like, there's this sort of idea or like sense that everything that's at a special event, like sucks up the vibes of that event and it's special forever and ever. So like literally anything (laughs) can even become an heirloom if it wasn't already.
0: Oh yeah. No, literally we have, we have a plan around that, which is okay. So my husband and I are both huge history nerds. We were actually both, well, we both double majored, but one of the, the major we shared in college was history. Um, and, um, We also both used to go to these like medieval reenacting feasts when we were (laughs) in college. And I, I ran the entertainment for them. Oh my um, gosh, I can see it now. <laughs> yeah, um, and I kind of always wanted to have a sword, but they're they're really expensive. And I actually also used to do sure. reenacting sword fighting. I have like a, I have a sword scar on my left shoulder. Um, yeah. oh, oh, I love that. Yeah, um, might might show that off in the wedding dress. It's it's very <laughs> light. It's like it's the best kind of scar you could possibly have because I didn't have to go to the hospital and it's cool. And yeah, I don't- It's a cool story sure for but, sure. Exactly. Anyway, um, but we were like, okay. The thing is, if we get a sword for our wedding, and then just make sure it stays in the family for generations, it eventually becomes an ancestral sword.
1: Oh, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm sure you guys can dig up so much symbolism and everything around it too, that you can be like, <laughs> now now the sword is, it's it's also a Jewish sword somehow. Yeah,
0: sure. Why not? <laughs> um, I mean, there is this this sort of funny idea of like, taking something from the um European nobility who of course were like kind of oppressors of both my ancestors because they were Jewish and my Mm -hmm. husband's ancestors because the nobility oppressed everyone who wasn't nobility um and then making it our little joke in our little family heirloom (laughs) (laughs) like we got you back yeah yeah
1: that's a Jewish (laughs) sentiment also by the way
0: it's what oh yeah (laughs) yeah I was trying to T-
1: side note, I was trying to convince my kids' school to do cabaret for the high school musical, <laughs> even though there's Nazis in it, because I was like, it was written by a Jewish guy. The whole yeah. thing is a big middle finger to the whole yeah. situation, but nobody okay. seems to think that that's going to be navigable, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I, I can relate. There's definitely a certain level of, like, of, um, of, f- you to oh, be sure.
1: <laughs> oh yeah and that like mel brooks too like anything that oh, you yeah. know is just like he and i think he said something about how the only thing that hurts a tyrant is if people laugh at him
0: oh yeah yeah and what was really funny is um So this is a total digression, but I saw Blazing Saddles for the first time with a friend of mine and a bunch of his friends from a Christian summer camp he used to work at. Okay. like I was the only Jewish person there. And the bit where the Native Americans start speaking in Yiddish, I'm just (laughs) laughing my ass off and no one else (laughs) understands why this is funny.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so good. Right. Exactly. So like- There's certain like it's very it's a very Jewish thing to have an inside joke that's about your own oppression. Well done. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, but I mean there's also a certain amount of like you know, especially like as someone who's um fairly left wing and very involved in politics and who does, you know, political stuff very publicly, there's a certain amount of like well, these people want me dead anyway, so I might as well say what I want to say. Oh, exactly. Because that's the point.
1: That's why they wanted you gone is so that you couldn't do this. So now you kind of have an obligation.
0: And there's a certain amount of that that was like also made me like, so my husband is more politically radical than I am. um, And there was a certain amount of like, well, the Nazis want me dead anyway. Might as well marry a communist, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, double down, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, and yeah, no, we, we play this morbid little game when we when we see a new horrible right-wing reactionary of which of us do they want dead more. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. Oh, my gosh. So funny. We make those jokes in my house, too, because I'm also, like, Polish.
0: And so yeah. we talked
1: about how, like, the Nazis hated, you know, me double. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like two subhuman categories in one, like imagine yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so uh did you before I get to politics because I am gonna ask yeah. you, and whatever, um, yeah. was there any like choreography that you decided to use from a traditional Jewish ceremony
0: um yeah, I mean, we haven't done, like, the where everyone's going to stand stuff yet, really. Right. No, I'm um, talking about, like, circling
1: or, like, also the ring on the index finger
0: yeah, or the lifting no, of the veil,
1: anything like that.
0: Um, So I don't think we're going to do circling. I don't really vibe with lifting of the veil. I don't know why. It's just it's not something that feels like, what I want. Yeah. Um, well, juice it's actually lowering. I
1: misspoke. It's, like, lowering the veil, which is also yeah. – there's all kinds – you know, there's all kinds of layers of interpretation of that. And if yeah. people feel that it's at all, like, anti-feminist or, like, uncomfortable in that way, like, I'm always like, then fine, cut it. I don't care.
0: Yeah. I mean, I you would know the theology of it and the history of it better than I would, but it did always feel a little bit that way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like – I think I might wear a veil, but it's staying behind. It's it's not going on my face at any point. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> you should know tell I mean? you,
1: you know, I think it's such a misconception because, like, people think that these, like, Jewish wedding traditions are super holy or, like, they are yeah. theological in some way. But really, most of this stuff is just stuff we picked up from, like, our non-Jewish neighbors because that was, like, the wedding fashion.
0: Yeah. The thing that's weird is um, – so I was looking up where the Hora came from, like, last uh-huh. week, and – Apparently the song is—I I don't. This seems wrong, but apparently the song is from like the 20s. Oh, like what the Havana Gila song? Yeah, I guess. So it must be the yeah. specific song because the dance has to be older,
1: right? I mean, people dancing in a circle—I feel like that's like half the cultures in the world,
0: right? You feel yeah, like it yeah. would, be, But it's—I don't know. I, I need I mean, to do listen. More <laughs> you went to
1: Shol. You went to Shol and heard like a Dono Lam, whatever, right? Like if you think about those tunes, a lot of them sound really like hymnal, right?
0: Yeah, although I didn't, like, go to temple regularly as a kid. I went sometimes, and I never went to Hebrew school, so.
1: <laughs> I mean, there are parts of, like, the blessing after meals that yeah. we're fairly certain, like, were tavern songs because it just sounds like you would swing a beer mug to it, you know? Like, it, it Jews, Jews pick up stuff from all around us, and, of course, it makes sense that we would, you know, be doing that kind of thing, so.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the picking up of things, like – there's a non there's always a chance right that like another Jewish person is going to go to my wedding and hear one of the Old Testament hymns they like and be like I've decided this is a Jewish thing now. I mean why not?
1: yeah, why not, yeah. right? Because we are
0: And if it, if it honestly if it works for both
1: it's so much the better, you know, because yeah. we are going to have more and more people like really adopting Jewish-ish weddings for interfaith because more and more people are marrying yeah. non-Jewish people. Yeah. So. Although
0: there was this horrible thing where, um, so my husband was telling me um, which hymns he wanted and I just wanted to listen to them first, right? Sure. And there are two of them and they're both lovely and very unobjectionable. <laughs> and one of them is like a very English hymn. I can't remember exactly what it is, but the important thing is the lyrics are completely like just old testament completely on and not even like the stuff in the old testament that might be objectionable like completely unobjectionable um and uh i listened to this recording of it on youtube and it was very lovely but i looked i i never look at youtube comments but you know sometimes it shows you the first comment i look at it on my own channel but sometimes it shows it to you uh under the video and it was like some sort of like the first comment under this like Lovely, unobjectionable hymn oh, with no. some sort of like horrible, great replacement racist oh, thing. No, oh yeah. stop! Oh, how terrible! That is terrible, isn't it? <laughs> but that was
1: they were saying. That's what the hymn was about.
0: No, no, they were okay. saying that. Like, no, it was like a all these people come in here, they don't want to let us sing this hymn. And it's like, that's insane. (laughs) Like no one is stopping you. No one. Like it was even more hateful than that, but I don't remember exactly what it said. Okay. Is this, this is just me being curious.
1: Do the hymns have like old, old oldish English words? I don't know if this one does, not very many I don't think. <laughs> like it's okay because when I think about Anglican weddings. All right, I'm a I'm like a Regency romance fan, okay? Like I yeah. love
0: whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know what it was about whenever there was a wedding in like a movie or a book that I watched, the line and thereto I pledge thee my troth. Yeah like always got me. And I think it's like that feeling of something that's like much older than you that you're pulling forward, you know? Oh,
0: yeah. No, I get that. Um, So no, even, that's think-
1: even present Anglican stuff, I think, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. No, there totally is. And I like that, that sort of sense of old things. But of course, like the past was mostly a terrible place, right? So you have <laughs> yes. to be careful about what you pull forward. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, Jews
1: are t- always talking about the past, um, you know, as if it's miraculous that we survived because we did. But I think we forget that it's miraculous that most people survived the past. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I mean, there are some uniquely terrible things, but the past was awful for just about everyone. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. And now it's like, man, are we going to um, continue to evolve or are we just going to like poop out here because everything's so easy for us now? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I think, I think easy
1: is good. Um. (laughs) Well, it's comfortable for sure. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, you know, I benefited from um, for example, a cesarean section. That's yeah. why I'm still here,
0: right? Oh, I was I was born via a C-section. I think my mom and I might have both died if there hadn't been one. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of a lot of women did, so, you know,
1: whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um so <laughs> you told me that you guys wanted to sort of minimize the language about God as creator. Yeah. Um and also uh modify mentions of Israel. Is there yeah. anything else um I don't want to say those were political things because those are maybe more like ideological, ideological things. But in terms of your education and expertise in like history and politics, did that affect your ceremony planning in any other way?
0: Um, yeah. So I would say partially the ceremony, but partially the wedding overall. I, um, I really wanted to be able to bring people together and bring the people who are important to us together Um, because a lot of what I, you know, study a lot of what I talk about has to do with social bonds. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think like establishing that community that included both of us and our families and our friends was really important to me.
1: Wow.
0: Um, and so like, that's part of the reason where it's like, you know, we're really prioritizing, like we want it to be not that difficult, minimal difficulty for people to get to the wedding Um, and like making sure it's a date where people can come and like that sort of thing, because what's really important to us is making sure that like the guests have a good time where they can sort of bond, if that makes sense. So Um, everything
1: around like as part of your your ceremony and celebration is intentional in that way?
0: Yeah, I would say so. And I mean, I think most weddings are intentional that in that way. I think I may be just thinking about it a little bit more analytically. <laughs> Honestly,
1: I mean, yes, obviously you are because you are an intellectual and you're professional in that field. But I think that, um, and not to knock the wedding industry, right? Because I think it's wonderful that uh, people are having so many choices and everything. But I, I do think that, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about social media. And I think that, the wedding industry on social media has really made the vibe of contemporary wedding planning. Like it's your day to sparkle and shine. And so actually it's it's the the feeling a lot of people plan their wedding with is the quite the opposite of what you were just saying.
0: Yeah. Which is, which is so not me. It's like, I mean, I'm going to wear a sparkly dress. It's, it's going to be dramatic, (laughs) but, um, but no, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's more about the bringing together than it is about just like the two individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, although obviously, I mean, the, the person I'm marrying is the most important part, right? Well, obviously, um, I mean, I'm already yes. married to him though. Um, and what I was going to say is, um, you know, but I do think it's really important to make sure your guests have a good time and they're able to bond. I was going to say one other thing we've done that we're, that we're going to, that we're planning on doing to encourage people to like actually really interact and, and gel with each other is we're going to try and get people to minimize their use of phones. And we're getting instant cameras for the guests to take pictures of each other.
1: Amazing. I love that (laughs) so much. So speaking of other people, are you incorporating any friends, family members, whatever into the ceremony? Um, or I guess even the ketubah, um, uh, as well.
0: Um, So, um, for the ceremony, we're both being walked down the aisle by both of our parents. Okay. Um, did your fiance really have important. any
1: issue with that? Like, did he have any trouble wrapping his head around that?
0: What, for, for my husband?
1: Or, I'm sorry, your
0: husband. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. His parents are like super aggressively feminist. They're good with it. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. No, they're they're great. Um, <laughs> and um, my parents are good with that too. Um I mean, my parents are divorced, but they they can stand next to each other for a little while. It'll be fine. Um, How wonderful. I love that for you. Yeah. And then um, my maid of honor is going to be my cousin. And um, Joseph's um, best man is going to be his brother. Um, And then our ring bearer will be my half-brother, who's a lot younger than me.
1: Oh, how sweet. And in terms of the ceremony, did anybody want to do Kiddish or read any translations
0: or anything. Uh, I don't think so. We should talk to people more about this. I mean, the wedding is still a while away. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so um, necessarily, Um, but we will, we will talk to people about that. Um, Yeah. I mean, but it is important for us to like, to have those people there. And then in terms of the Ketubah signing, um, we're in this interesting position where the rabbi is like, okay, let's try and get um, two Jewish people you aren't related to. Yeah, um, and I'm like, okay, one's obvious, like my, uh, like one of my best friends from childhood. He's Jewish. I was just in his wedding like t- two weekends ago. Amazing. Um, um, so yeah, sure, he's one of the signers. But the other one, it's like, it's actually kind of weird because. Um, I think partially because we went to college in Scotland rather than somewhere where there's like more yeah. Jews, we don't have that that many Jewish friends, right? Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. We are so she... figuring it out, but the rabbi was nice because she was like, "You can have a non-Jewish friend do it if that feels good to you. The important thing is like, don't have them be a family member because that doesn't... that yes, yeah. that is the most important thing. Which I think is really cool because a lot of
1: times your friends can kind of fall by the wayside in terms of like doing stuff for your ceremony. And yeah. this is this is like somebody who you know definitely can't be a family member, so it's a way to honor those friends. Yeah. Um, something I would suggest is if you want like to do the Jewish person, like the two Jewish people thing, but you're not super close to the other Jewish person you ask. Like you could just always have two additional people that you are close to who aren't Jewish. Yeah, no, of, we're, you know. we're,
0: we're going to figure it out. It's not like an issue. It's just like, there's another person we're incorporating in and then we'll figure out what the other person is, um, who the other person is. Um, but I was going to say um, that, um, yeah, no, and we have decided that I think we want to have a ketubah um, because it's it's such a pretty thing, and it's like a nice <laughs> memento of your wedding. That's not just like a picture of you. Um, yeah, I don't like looking at pictures of myself. Um, <laughs> it's another reason I'm not on camera right now. Um, I don't like
1: it. that's why I haven't been to the hairdresser for years. I'm
0: just well, not your a hair fan. Looks great. But <laughs> oh, thank you. But, I mean, it's just
1: like the you know how many hours do you look at yourself in that mirror? My goodness.
0: You no, know, no, it doesn't usually take that long for them to do my hair, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so
1: so you yeah, the but, other thing too that as an historian that you know is that having that document of your marriage is like such an important thing. You know, the one way we're like Mormons is that oh, we're kind yeah. of obsessed with like family history, right?
0: Oh, yeah. And I'm not a, I'm not a, like a professional historian or anything. I just have like an undergrad history major. Um okay, but so, you, we can like let's yeah. let's gas each other up, okay? As an historian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um yeah, what was I going to say? Um yeah, so um yeah, no, that that whole like historical documentation thing is really important to us. Um, and it was wonderful. We were looking through, um, the stuff from my grandparents' wedding. Um, we were there, um, like, I guess last weekend, we've been going back and forth to the Boston area where I'm from a lot recently. Um, but I mean, this was because my, my friend's wedding was, um, was, I yeah, know um, recently, and uh, he's also from the Boston area. Um, but we were we were having lunch with my grandmother, and we were looking through like the mementos she had saved from her wedding, and it was Aww. it was so sweet and fascinating historically. She had saved the bill, like the itemized bill. Oh my gosh, that is what a cool lady to think to do yeah. that. Oh, she's awesome. But it was fascinating. It was like, oh, okay, what did this cost in you know. Yeah, it was something. It,
1: it was a dollar twenty-seven per plate or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and
0: that was, but that was really fancy at the time, right? For sure. For um, sure. So the, sorry, go ahead. And uh, they saved the menu too, and she was like, "I can't believe um, we had like uh, sheep's brains at our wedding. I don't know why we did that." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there had to have been some bougie reason for it, right? Yeah, sure. I, I think it must have been like the big deal at the time. I don't know. Apparently, um. I mean, my grandparents, it's sort of an interesting background, right? Because like, they were sort of like, they were, they, they really, they were very socially mobile during their lifetimes, right? Oh, cool. Yes, And yeah. their wedding was a sort of like, these families have made it now event. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was very much like everyone there, we were so impressed with ourselves. We were so happy. We made it, you know. Um. I mean, it's all part of the story, right? Yeah, it is. It is, right? Um, and it wasn't like a showing off thing, but they are still, but my grandmother is still very proud of it, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. It makes me yeah. think of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Did you ever watch that on Amazon? Uh, yeah, no, I
0: watched that. Um, yeah, and it opens with her incredibly bougie wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I'm not sure my grandmother's wedding was like quite like that, but I've seen pictures and it was, it was something,
1: (laughs) but it was definitely like, I think that the, the producers of that show intended it to be exactly what you said about your grandmother's wedding, which is like, this is, we're showing the world, like we've, we've made it and we're okay now, you know, um, which is a very, like, if you think about it, kind of a Jewish thing to do also like diasporic Jews, like just constantly, you know, making it. But, yeah. um, speaking yeah. of your grandparents, Although
0: never talking about money,
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Family, D- yeah. Sort of, sort of talking about money, but not really.
0: So yeah. speaking of your
1: grandparents, did, have you, um, talked with the rabbi about ways to sort of honor your grandfather as part of the wedding? Yeah.
0: Yeah. We have talked about that a bit. We haven't gone really in depth with it, but we will go a bit more, um, cool. in depth with it. we're definitely going to find some ways to honor my grandfather and maybe some other people who have, who've passed as well. Um, because I mean, yeah, it was, I think, especially my grandfather, because my grandparents' relationship is like really, it was just so beautiful. It's you it. Know? Yeah,
1: that was it. That's it for you. Such a model for you. Um, it, it one, really of, was. Yeah. one of my weddings from last year, um, the brides brought uh, wedding dresses from the women in their family from like two or three generations before them and put them all on mannequins with the wedding photo. Oh, that's sort so of,
0: cute!
1: Yeah, sort of honor. So when you were talking about the memorabilia from your grandmother's wedding, I was thinking like, whoa! Like if you had a bunch of menus or anything. Yeah. Well, we're, we're really like lucky A little display, you know. Like in a- that
0: our venue is actually a former library. And it has, oh, it's, it's a gorgeous venue and it has these glass bookcases where you can put like family memorabilia and framed photos and stuff in them. Oh my gosh. Um,
1: this, the venue for this wedding I just mentioned was also a library.
0: Yeah. Incredible. We had, I'm going to send we you pictures. Time, we had a tough time finding a venue. We're really happy with the one we found, but it was like, we wanted somewhere that felt like a real place. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we would have been okay with a hotel, but we didn't find, like, a hotel that really matched exactly what we wanted. I will say, though, that we looked at some museums, and now realizing, like, how much work goes into this, I'm really glad we chose somewhere that has its own catering.
1: Oh, it does. Wow. Yeah, like,
0: I would not want to be dealing with catering on top of all of this. <laughs> um, That's so nice. Yeah. Um, no, they have their own catering. Their own, unfortunately, expensive catering, but they have
1: 're all catering well, you know if if you're all in the only thing I will say is that this wedding I went to or that I officiated last November at the library they told them like five times not to put bacon in the Bloody Mary's and they definitely did.
0: oh no it was like yeah, a gar- it was like a garnish or something. Yeah. I don't think our wedding is necessarily going to be kosher, but we definitely want people to know which food is and isn't kosher. Right.
1: And that's something that people like, don't really often know about Jews. It's like, well, they said not kosher, but you're like, yeah, but that doesn't mean (laughs) trade, you know? And it's like, it's just like such a cultural thing that a lot of people don't get.
0: Yeah. I think mostly um, the reason we probably wouldn't do kosher is because um, I'm from the Boston area. It's in the Boston area. Um, and the venue offers a lobster roll appetizer. And well, I mean and of I'm course. not kosher and most of my family's not kosher, and I'm not saying no to that. <laughs> no, well, how
1: could you? I mean, that sounds so good. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so good. Well, yeah. it sounds like you are just chugging right along and pretty calm for when did you say it was 10 months from now?
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Bottom? I think I think I'm in a better boat because I refuse to marry an incompetent man who who expects me to do everything. So
1: (laughs) really? Oh, lucky you. No weaponized incompetence.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, so you're handling the DJ. I'm like, these other things. I'm like, I'm not picking out your suit for you. I'm not making sure your brother gets dressed properly. You're coming to all the appointments and tastings and everything. And you um, trust
1: him to do, do all that. I trust
0: him. And I also think that it's important to trust each other in a marriage, right?
1: Oh, right. And they say that if you can survive the wedding planning, you can survive anything.
0: Yeah. Although <laughs> I think that the wedding, I would be really shocked if the wedding planning is any tougher than the visa process. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, right. And what a we like, what a way through to start a
0: pandemic together and the visa process was tougher.
1: And yeah, and I'm I'm sure that your rabbi during your ceremony will you know mention all of this as yeah. as a testament to the strength, God willing, of your future marriage.
0: Yeah, but I was gonna say the thing that was crazy to me is so the venue, which has mostly been absolutely lovely, sent over like a checklist of what to do when, which is super helpful. Glad I glad it exists as a thing. Sure. Okay. And they sent over two different checklists. One of them's great. Just like straightforward. It's got a list of things to do and a series of checkboxes. Great. Okay. The other one has like little descriptions about each thing and really assumes that the the groom to be is just completely useless. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's absolute absolutely the cultural norm and like the it, it and and there's also, you know, low key this like damaging assumption that um well, it's the women who love to spend the money.
0: Yeah. So, Yeah, but the idea that like, men don't care about the men won't care about making things look pretty the men won't get the food arranged properly the men aren't to be trusted with this sort of thing is kind of like benevolent sexism towards women right it is um, and
1: i'm sure you've analyzed this but i believe yeah. that it also is it probably is meant to build solidarity between you and the amorphous other brides who are all in this together and the yeah, wedding yeah. who's here to help you
0: yeah but i'm like why can't we include the grooms in
1: this you know <laughs> right, right but i'm i think it's what i'm saying is i think it's very intentional right because yeah, it, no there's it is be some psychology to that
0: yeah but i mean that list has to be i mean it was pretty alienating to me but it has to be like crazy alienating if like the groom is doing the majority of the planning or if it's like a gay wedding or something yeah. like that like it has to be and like it was like the level of incompetence it assumed in this was like that you only maybe want to get the groom involved in wrangling his own groomsmen and i'm like what the hell <laughs> Well, and th-
1: I mean, not that that can't be difficult, but you know, you're on Reddit. I'm on some of the weddings pages, and yeah. there's every so often there's a post from a, a bride who just do- is not interested in a wedding, but her groom really wants one, and she's really freaking out. And then it'll take a little while, but somebody will say, "If he wants the wedding, let him plan it." And they literally had not thought of that possibility that he would. Yeah, plan it. yeah, it, and it's, it's so freeing. Like it's so simple, but it's so freeing to people that I think you know you're you're onto something
0: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so well anyway i'm very happy for you i i'm Thank thrilled you. that you found a rabbi who you feel like is going to make everything you know you and that you weren't too scared and that it was pretty easy for you yeah. um, and i hope that anybody who's listening to this who is like hesitant about calling a rabbi or looking for somebody who will make their ceremony jewish like finds this inspirational that they shouldn't be so scared or so worried
0: yeah, yeah, and like I said, I, it's it's fine to not have it be Jewish, and it's fine to have it be Jewish. But I I I like that even as someone who's not super religious that this hasn't been something that like I felt left out of, if that makes sense.
1: For sure. <laughs> and I think that I, I love too that you were willing to consider the possibility of having some Jewish stuff, even if it wasn't a rabbi. Oh, and yeah. The, also, I, went to,
0: I went to a wedding. The, the wedding I went to last weekend was officiated by a justice of the peace, but they stepped on the glass and danced the horror.
1: Right. And those were two of your like your big things. But I also love that you found a rabbi who you you were able to talk to about maybe not making it so Jewy. And you found out that that was actually fine also.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it's I appreciate the flexibility that that's a really nice thing.
1: Oh man. Well, I feel so lucky that I met you on Reddit and that you agreed (laughs) to talk to me. Will you, I I feel like this conversation has been so easy and I can't believe we're out of time already. Uh, Will you come back on after your wedding and tell us how it went?
0: Uh, Absolutely. Um, Reach out to me in September because the wedding will be done by then. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) let's
1: let's say after the holidays, so that yeah. you have plenty of time to whatever, unless you're dying to talk to me and then you then email me earlier because I don't have a synagogue, like whatever, so.
0: Yeah, oh, sorry. Did you want to talk again before the wedding or no, after the
1: wedding? No, I, well, whenever, listen, if you if you would find it beneficial to your own self to talk about the wedding, we'll talk anytime you want Abby. Okay, <laughs> but after the wedding. I just love to, for everybody to be yeah, able to hear. Weddings
0: not till August. So it's, still, it's a while okay, away. Um, okay. In Boston, it should to be reach beautiful. Out again, please feel free to reach out to me. Thank
1: um, you so much. And it, would you like to tell anybody about your, um, the, your non-wedding self?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Um, so, um, I have a YouTube channel called political psych with Abby. It's about the psychology of politics. Um, I don't pretend to be a political, but I try and base most of what I'm saying in facts and provide citations for what I'm saying. I also have little jokes and things. Um,
1: it and is I, hilarious guys. Yeah, and hilarious.
0: I maybe kind of know what I'm talking about. I have a master's degree <laughs> in political psychology and I teach and do research in social and behavioral science as my day job. <laughs>
1: And we, and we should all learn from each other. You know, it's a very Jewish thing to always be learning. So I'm thrilled (laughs) that everybody can go and hear. And I, I do love your voice. I find it like, I do, I feel like I'm a bit in a classroom, you know, like you, you, you just sound very intelligent and I like that.
0: Yeah. I've been told I have like chronic NPR voice. (laughs)
1: Listen, what a compliment. I love that.
0: (laughs) Well, Abby, it's been wonderful. Thank you
1: so much. And I can't wait for all of us to hear from you again soon. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, everyone, I have had the best time being your rabbi for this episode. I'm so glad you joined me for another little bit of insight into planning your perfect Jewish or interfaith wedding. Until you can smash that glass on your big day, you'd might as well smash that subscribe button for this podcast. I don't want you to miss a single thing. Remember, you can always find me, Rabbi Leanne, on Instagram at, at, your Ohio Rabbi, all one word, for even more tips, tricks, recommendations, and wisdom on Jewish weddings. If you want to work with me on your wedding, you'll find all the info you need at YourOhioRabbi.com. Until next time, remember, you deserve the perfect wedding for you. Don't settle for anything less.